Welcome back, students of the dojo. This week, we're continuing our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5e Dungeons and & Dragons. And this go-around, we're looking at the Cleric, the new features and subclasses. Support the Dungeon Master's Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer, so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer, or three, or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Good. How are you? I cut my finger at work. Is there a cleric in the house? Yes, we have a couple of clerics in the house. <laughs> Three, as a matter of fact. Well, let's talk about them. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. So our cleric has some optional class features, as everybody else does. Um, and along with that comes some additional cleric spells. So at uh, third level, you get Aura of Vitality and Spirit Shroud. Moving on to fourth level is Aura of Life and Aura of Purity. At 5th level, Summon Celestial. At 6th level, you get Sunbeam. My uh, my grandma had a Sunbeam, uh, <laughs> like, blender. So I wonder... My grandma had a Sunbeam toaster. Yeah, so I wonder if that conjures up, uh, I don't know, like, kitchen utilities or something. Just... At 8th level, you get Sunburst. And then at ninth level, Power Word Heal. Power Word Heal is one of my, one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, well, anything that has a uh, heal at the end of it is good when you're dealing with a cleric, and you throw a power word in there as well. Yeah, I could see that being real fun. Uh, second level, uh, harness divine power. You can expend a use of your channel divinity to fill your spells. As a bonus action, you touch your holy symbol, utter a prayer, and regain one expended spell slot, level of which uh, can be no higher than half your proficiency bonus, rounded up. The number of times you can use this feature is based on the level you've reached in this class, second level uh, once, sixth level twice, 18th level thrice. Uh, you regain all your expended uses when you finish a long rest. That's pretty clutch. That is that is yeah. pretty sick. I like that with all of these, with these optional class features and with these uh, additional divine domains that you can kind of customize a little bit. You, know, you, your, you can your customize clerks. a lot. They're not all like a cookie cutter kind of cleric thing. So that 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 is pretty cool. Well, you used to have to try really hard to distinguish your cleric from any other. And it was difficult. But now you you know, this is one of the few classes I don't I think did a lot more justice 
to with the subclasses than several of the other classes. Yeah, they did a nice job uh, with the clerics, and you're absolutely right. I think you uh, you really you really had to put a lot of thought and effort into kind of making your cleric stand out. And most of it became just role playing. Yeah, because when it came right down to the actual spells and stuff like that, it was all you know pretty much the same, and it, it kind of still is. But now you have a lot more versatility here. Yeah, it's like in in Aliens too. Remember in Aliens, or it was Aliens was Aliens. the second Alien movie. It was uh, uh Bill Paxton and uh, who was who was the other guy? He was Kyle Reese and Michael Bine, right? I'm Hudson. He's Hicks. You know, it was, that's it was kind of like that thing. You know, it's like you, your clerics are always getting you know getting, mixed up, uh, getting mixed up. You know. Brother Samuel, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm Friar Smythe. That's Brother Samuel. He's got the blue helmet on. <laughs> Not anymore, though. Uh, cantrip versatility. Um, this is at fourth level. Uh, whenever you reach a level in this class that grants the ability score improvement feature, you can replace one cantrip you learned from this class's spellcasting feature with another cantrip from the cleric spell list. Which is nice because as you go up in spells, you where you're going with your character often changes from yeah. where you started at zero or first level, and you work your way up. Now you're as these features start coming out, it's like, well, you're in your head as a player. You're, I want to go a different direction, or or my direction is going to skew a little bit more this way. And here's two cantrips I haven't used ever, and now I want these. Now's a good chance. And, to change And even it if up. you have a roster of cantrips that you cycle through and you use an awful lot, you know, if you're if your characters had some profound changes, you mm-hmm. know, um, or experiences that would initiate change, right? It makes a lot of sense. You yeah. know, the party and, leader dies in your in your lap, uh, and you couldn't save them. You know, uh, because maybe, you didn't have that flame strike, or yeah, something. because you didn't have that yeah. one spell or that one cantrip or that one something. You just couldn't do it, and it's that's it. You know, this will never happen again. This will never happen again. So. Eighth level, Blessed Strikes. This is a cleric feature which replaces Divine Strike or potent spellcasting feature. You are blessed with a divine might in battle. When a creature takes damage from one of your cantrips or weapon attacks, you can also deal 1d8 radiant damage to that creature. Once you deal this damage, you can't use this feature until the start of your next turn. Every turn. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a melee weapon. It could be a ranged weapon. Yep. So, yep. you know, there's all kind of different weapons you can think about using. And that's an additional D8 yeah, on d- top it of it. Definitely. It just says, or weapon attacks. And, yep. that, yep. and that's nice. That extra, that extra D8 Every turn. certainly come, comes in handy. Here comes another throwing axe, and it's glowing yep. again. Ah, crap! That hurt. Let's look at some divine domains. I'm really pumped about these divine domains. I uh, like these. Yeah, we move into uh, the order domain. Right, so this... Um, we talked off the mic about this, so we're all kind of in agreement. Um, and I don't know if any of you out there have have noticed this, any of the grognards anyway. Um, <laughs> the order domain represents discipline as well as devotion to laws that govern a society, an institution, or a philosophy. Clerics of order meditate on logic and justice as they serve their gods, examples of which appear in the order deities table, which we have over there. So these are these are these are the clerics that believe that well-crafted laws establish legitimate hierarchies, and who can argue with that? And those selected by law to lead must be obeyed. Those who obey must do their best of their ability, and if those who lead fail to protect the law, they must be replaced. 
and the manner of law, it weaves a web of obligations that creates order and security in a chaotic multiverse. It reminds me of a first edition Paladin. Without that, if you mess up, we're going to take your power stuff. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much so. Very yeah. much so. This this is a uh, religious military. Yeah, it smacks would, very much of religious military, yeah, which is what the Paladins were. Yep. Exactly, they were the military arm of whatever religion, whatever church or. Whatever. It's it's cool. It's like it's a a class made to be like kind of like a badass zealot. I'll I was going to bring up a point, but I'm going to wait till we get done reading a couple of these other proficiencies and things like that before I make this okay this, uh, analogy. And then tell me what you guys think. But we'll get there. Let's talk about spells, Bill. Let's talk about spells. All right. At first level, uh, you get command and heroism. Third, whole person and zone of truth. Fifth. Mass healing word and slow. Seventh, compulsion and locate creature. Ninth, commune, dominate person. Nice little rack there. That that is. That's a nice little rack. And I can I can see this I just can see this cleric out on a battlefield, you know, with the warcaster feet. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of like a sword and board kind of build, you know, maybe with shield master. I just I could see this as being one badass cleric. There's the cleric at the front end, yep. you know, going, oh, the hell with standing behind and just going heal, heal, heal. Pick up your swords and follow me. I'm going to show you how it's done. Leading the fighters yes. into the into the fray. So you get some bonus proficiencies. You gain proficiency with heavy armor. You also gain proficiency in the intimidation or persuasion skill. And I think intimidation <laughs> works particularly well for this. Yes, well, it, it depends on what bent you're going to go off of. The persuasion, you know, if it's one of those firm but fair kind of stare you down grandfather kind of looks. Yeah, I got know. a lot of that growing yeah. up. Yeah, uh, the intimidations, uh, like, all right, um, yeah, wait till your father gets home. How about Sheriff Dragonborn over here? It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to be in a western or if I want to be in a fantasy. So you know what? I don't have to choose. I'll I'm going to be a, it's going to be a fantasy Western. And you know what? You could do that too. But I like his, uh, like the, his handcuffs. The, and, he, the hell with wearing a, she, uh, a pointed star. I'm going to beat you with it with my shield. Yeah. And, and his, is that a, that's a, that's a mace. That's a mace. That's yeah. a blade mace. Well, that looks like that'll hurt. Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Um, I like those. In, in, in keeping with the uh, the uh, disappointed grandfather uh, theme, we have the voice of authority. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At first level. <laughs> Perfect. Take it away, Bill. You can invoke the power of law to embolden an ally to attack. If you cast a spell with a spell slot of first level or higher and target an ally with the spell, that ally, ally can use their reaction immediately after the spell to make one weapon attack against a creature of you, your choice that you can see. If the spell targets more than one ally, you choose the ally who can make the attack. That's that's pretty clutch right there too to get that extra attack in. That is. I, I wonder how I wonder how this um, this order cleric how well they would do in a party with like a, a bard of eloquence. <laughs> You know, talk about talk about like really being able to work a crowd up into a frenzy, right? I mean, these are the guys you want, like giving you the uh, the rah rah speech before you go into battle against an insurmountable uh, force. You know? I know there's only three hundred of us, and there's 
30,000 yeah. of them, but we can do it. And look at our abs. <laughs> the finest airbrushed abs money can buy. <laughs> they used a template, too, because everyone looked exactly the same. But it was a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I do that movie. every year I go to the beach. Airbrush the abs Airbrush on? the abs on. I got the, I got the template. I just can't move too fast. Right? Or, or go start to move. Or go near water. Yeah. <laughs> Why is his abs overlapping? Yeah. <laughs> okay, why don't you do the second level? You get uh, channel divinity uh, orders demand at second level. You can use your channel div- divinity to exert an intimidating presence over others. As an action, you present your holy symbol. And each creature of your choice that can see or hear you within 30 feet of you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you until the end of your next turn or until the charmed creature takes any damage. You can also cause any of the charmed creatures to drop what they are holding when they fail the saving throw. That's clutch. Very clutch. There's yeah. crowd control. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Yeah. I want to play one. I'll, I'll never get the opportunity. But uh, I... I want to. I want to play one. Wow. Okay. Sixth level embodiment of the law. You have become remarkably adept at channeling magical energy to compel others. If you cast a spell of enchantment school using a spell slot of first level or higher, you can change the spell's casting time to one bonus action for this casting, provided the spell's casting time is normally one action. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, a minimum of once, and you regain all spells used when you finish a long rest. I read this a couple <laughs> times because the wording kind of threw me off. Yeah. It's... So am I to assume that when you cast this spell, it, you're casting it as a bonus action yep. and not taking them? Now, yes. that's not bad. That is not bad that at all. That is not bad at all. This is a, a pretty... Sound subclass. Well, this is your like like the picture states. This is your sheriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is the guy who's going to present the law. You know, you're going to listen to him, or you're going to get that beat down. I I definitely definitely see that. Um, I would go in a little little different direction than um, you know fantasy western sheriff, but <laughs> um, well, we'll talk about that later because Bill has something. We're waiting for that to one to say. Yeah. Why don't you go on with the the next one? Divine Strike. You gain the ability to infuse your weapon strikes with divine energy. Once on each of your turns, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal an extra 1d8 psychic damage to the target. When you reach 14th level, the extra damage increases to 2d8. Not bad at all. And again, it's not just considered melee. It's any weapon. Yeah. I mean, I... So when you slap them and go, hurts, doesn't it? I can (laughs) almost see... You know, the kind of like He-Man-esque type of thing where the Order cleric thrusts his sword into the air while he's rallying like his, his troops or whatever, and a beam of holy energy comes down from the sky infusing the sword, and it just it, it glows and, until he whacks someone with it. And then, you know, all of that divine energy or whatever have you is transferred to the person who who glows a little bit as uh, he takes the, or she takes the psychic damage. I just think the cinematics on something like this could be like off the charts. It could just, it could be so epic. Then you're going to like the last one. 17th level. Uh, Enemies you designate for destruction wilt under the combined efforts of you and your allies. 
If you deal your divine strike damage to a creature on your turn, you can curse that creature until the start of the next turn. The next time one of your allies hits the cursed creature with an attack, the target also takes 2d8 psychic damage and the curse ends. You can curse the creature in this way only once per turn. Only once per turn. Yeah, but every turn. Yeah, but every turn. That orders <laughs> wrath. That's a nice capstone ability, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yep. it is. So, so tell me, um, what do you think Mullif would have done with this class? Uh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, well, because half of this he's he already did just through yeah, role play. through role playing, and he, now it's like you have this. Uh, Mullif was Bill's character for the first seven year campaign that we. Uh, <laughs> We played on our week-long getaway, and um, that was uh, that was pretty much this order domain, but without it because it was like second edition. Um, and that was a really good example of having to role-play yourself out of that Clara cookie cutter. Yeah, you know? but, I mean, he was a little stone gnome. You know, well, in our world, a stone gnome, but he's a gnome, um, and everyone was scared of him. It was our moral compass. He was your moral yeah. compass. And and even when he wasn't there, the first thing they said when they were doing something wrong, not if, when they were doing something wrong, was no one tell Mulliff. Or what would Mulliff say? What would Mulliff say? What would Mulliff do? He was their moral compass. but He was, he, he was our grandfather But he was that, that belt. He was that, <laughs> yeah, but he was that firm but fair, you know, persona. And when I when I first he read this, Killjoy, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. But when I read this, I went, "Oh my god, they they copied Mullif. <laughs> so I, yeah, I I really do dig that, and I now I want to rewrite Mullif. I um, yeah, absolutely. And there's yes. Tasha's has been very inspiring to me to like rewrite a lot of these characters from that 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 first uh, seven year campaign. I see this ordered, ordered domain cleric fitting in wonderfully with a um, a group of just like paladins and other like lawful good kind of guy. Like if you were gonna send someone out to hunt demons or something, oh yeah, or undead or it, you know, and and it was like the quintessential good guys. Yeah, yeah, Built, you know, a, one of the new paladin orders along with this dude. Yep. Just those two standing side by side by themselves would be an insanely intimidating yeah. presence. Yeah, with him just rallying everybody behind him. Right. Yep. Like you can, yeah, you could put together a really sound party with with this as uh, one of your one of your uh, components. And now <laughs> there's the peace domain. Now this guy, this guy, he's got he's barefoot, which is bad on a battlefield, right? You would think, and and shirtless. Which is again um, bad, bad, bad on, the on battlefield. a battlefield unless you happen to be a barbarian. He needs yeah. to do some push-ups. Yeah, no abs um, there. But he looks, uh, he looks really chill. <laughs> he looks high. This, <laughs> yeah, I, this is the uh, the peace domain. Is the uh, Tommy Chong uh, cleric? I dig him though. I, I dig this class. I think this is I, my favorite one out of the three. I like the peace domain. I actually like the peace domain a lot, and I was given some thought to uh, building a peace domain character, and just thought it would be uh, would be huge fun. I'd want to take like a uh, a couple level dip in in monk and be like uh, Kwai Chang Kane a little bit. You know, Kwai Chang Kane be chilling out in the wild west, yep. And some jerk would mess with him, you know, because because he's like he's he's Chinese, even though David Carradine. Was, was not was Chinese. like yeah, it was like I don't know French or something like anything but Chinese, but 
that was the theme. You know, they'd mess with him, and he'd be like, oh, I don't want any problems. He'd always be barefoot. Yep. You know, kind of hippy flute dippy. Over yeah, by playing the fire. His, playing his flute, you know, and some some cowboy would mess with him, and he'd have to, he'd have to whoop his ass. So I'd want my peace domain cleric. If he's going to run around barefoot, he's going to know a little karate, right? Because that's the, that's the guy that gets picked on, you know, in the tavern <laughs> when he's chilling out, you know, with no shoes on. You know, he's all kind of skinny and not wearing a shirt. Got with no a, armor. With, with a cape. Yeah, with a cape. No weapons or anything like that. Um, and it's nice to get that little armor class thing that the, the monks well, got Well, yeah, it's for. always nice, too. Yeah. Uh, but So let's... Uh, Let's get on with this guy. I, I like this one a lot. The balm of peace thrives at the heart of healthy communities between friendly nations and in the souls of the kind-hearted. I just, I feel like giving someone a hug now. <laughs> the gods of peace inspire people of all sorts to resolve conflict and to stand up against those forces that try to prevent peace from flourishing. Clerics of the peace domain preside over the signing of treaties and they are often asked to arbitrate in disputes. These clerics' blessings draw people together and help them shoulder one another's burdens. And the clerics' magic aids those who are driven to fight for the way of peace. I would go half-elf with this. If I was going to make a peace domain cleric, I would go half-elf. Half yeah. Um, and and go heavy on, like, the diplomacy thing. Be like a a, a traveling diplomat. Oh, yeah, throw that charisma stat right through the roof. Yeah, yeah, really just uh, uh, dump some some points in, in, in charisma, uh, certainly wisdom. Wisdom, yeah. And uh, get some, maybe some extra languages, you know, pick a background or whatever have you right. where you could grab some extra languages and just build it based on, on that. You know, like uh, Captain Picard is a cleric. <laughs> you know without the ears without the yeah i mean i'll uh i'll uh i'll whoop a little ass if need be but i'm always trying to right. you know stay out of that but if i gotta plant my bare foot upside someone's head billy jack style i i, I took a three <laughs> level well, dip in monks well, so i'm ready well, to do that but you're not well you can go the bruce lee you know, the way the interposing fist yeah <laughs> no i'm i'm punching you out of peace yes <laughs> tried everything so you get some you get some spells here, right? With everything, heroism. Yep. Sanctuary, aid, warding, bond, beacon of hope, sending, aura of purity, Adalux's resilient sphere, and greater rest, restoration and Rary's telepathic bond. Uh, really good thematic spells yes. for this this domain of clerics. I think. I, I think always it, wonder if I'm pronouncing Adalux. Is it Odaluk? I think it's Autoluke's or Autoluke. Autoluke? Autoluke. I think so, too. I always think I'm pronouncing everything wrong, so it's probably because I, I drink more than I should. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, definitely. <laughs> drink more than anybody should. <laughs> As if that hasn't already been established. Um, first level, implement of peace. You gain a proficiency in the insight, performance, or persuasion skill, your choice, Good way to go to start off right in the beginning. Uh, performance, so actually, I can see performance working really, really well. Yeah, I was questioning. A lot of, a lot that, of people yeah. don't take performance, but if you're going to be that that spokesperson, that's going to mediate, and you know, you need to be able to play the crowd, play the individuals. Yeah, that makes as a lot well. of sense. And where insight, I mean, obviously, insight, you want to be able to tell if someone's lying and, and whatnot. But 
the pers- I see performance being much in this particular uh, case, performance being much more utilized than persuasion. Got to keep that. Uh, you don't want to talk him. You don't want to talk him into things that they don't want to do. You want to convince them that's what they want to do yeah. and make them think that's what they want to do. So, in performance, will do that. I uh, like it. Emboldening. Am I saying it right? Emboldening body or bond. Emboldening bond. Emboldening bond. Emboldening. Emboldening. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was another syllabic in there, <laughs> syllable in there. Uh, first level, you can forge an empowering bond among people who are at peace with one another. As an action, you choose a number of willing creatures within 30 feet of you. This can include yourself. Uh, equal to your proficiency bonus, you can create a magical bond among them for 10 minutes or until you use this feature again. While any bonded creature within 30 feet of another, uh, the creature can roll D4 and add the number rolled to the attack roll, an ability check, or saving throw it makes. Each creature can add the D4 no more than once per turn. You can use this feature the number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. I laughed when I read this, and I'm going to tell you why. I did too. <laughs> because I'm like, this would be great. You know, I could get our party to, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me. A number of willing creatures within 30 feet of you uh, that, that are at peace with one another. Number one. Lose mostly at my table. They're, they're not going to be willing. Uh, they're not going to be at peace with one another. Right. And they'll use the plus four to saving throw to throw off this spell. <laughs> for me, I, though, I, well, I do like this class. This is the one, I think, one of the abilities that bothered me. It's a cheaper version of the bard, bardic inspiration. Yeah, it, it, is. it is. Yeah, it's like the GoBots version. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, there were GoBots. <laughs> Instead of the actual Transformers. Transformers yeah. and, you know, GoBots were like, eh, you know, kind of lame, but... You know, if your parents didn't have a lot of money like mine, <laughs> you got the GoBots. I got a set of coffee cans that fit inside of each other. <laughs> Take the next one. Channel Divinity, Balm of Peace. So you can use your Channel Divinity to make your very presence a soothing balm. As an action, you can move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks. That's nice. Yep. And when you move within five feet of any creature during this action... You can restore a number of hit points to that creature equal to 2d6 plus your wisdom modifier, minimum of one hit point. A creature can receive this healing only once whenever that you take this action. Just the moving part without uh, provoking an attack, attack of opportunity is, yeah. is, is huge. huge. Especially if you're on a battlefield. Yeah. yeah, well, you step yeah. into combat, you know, reach over and just kind of touch the person's, you know, say, you're, you'll be all right, you'll be all right, and, you know, 2d8 plus your modifier, and then you step. You can step back out. 2d6. 2d6, okay. I told you, you i got to clean my glasses. Yeah, put them back on. <laughs> so, yeah, this, it's, like I said, especially in combat, this is very, very handy. Protective bond at 6th level. The bond you forge between people helps them protect each other. When a creature affected by your emboldening bond feature is about to take damage, a second bonded creature within 30 feet of the first can use its reaction to teleport to an unoccupied space within five feet of the first creature. The second creature then takes all the damage instead. This would be like for when your barbarian yeah. is coming to, save, to say that, yeah. coming to save the little gnome. <laughs> yep. Not my little gnome. It's the other way around. It's, it's my gnome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, that is nice. At eighth level, you get potent spellcasting. You add your wisdom modifier to the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. 
That's not bad, but you know, by eighth level, your your wisdom should be should be up there. Yeah, you know, it should be should be pretty good. Well, you got your second step bump by yeah. that point. Second ASI. So that's probably going to be a twenty or pretty damn close. Yep. Yeah, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing that, uh, uh, that that stat array that they have in like D and D Beyond, you know, hopefully yep. you're putting your higher stat and wisdom if you're going to be a cleric. Mm-hmm. Expansive bond at seventeenth. The uh, benefits of your emboldening bond and protective bond features now work when the creatures are within 60 feet of each other. Moreover, when a creature uses protective bond to take someone else's damage, the creature has resistance to that damage. Wow. Yeah, that's a nice capstone so, feature, yeah, too. Go, go ahead and hit me. Oh, it didn't really hurt after all. Well, not only that, on top of all of these, once you have emboldening bond, because you got to remember, there's no concentration for this. Yeah. Also do bless on top of it. Even though our blessed has a you know a concentration uh, feature, that's you know an extra was that a d six? Yeah, I think it's d six uh, yeah. for you know that you can use for your saves and whatever benefits it gives you. Add that to the d four. Yep. Yeah, that's nice. Stacks nicely, nice and neat. It's a uh, it's nice domain. I kind of scoffed at it. You know, I was like looking at. The I was about going, to say oh, the same thing. I was and, like, oh geez, you got a hippie class, really? Yeah. Well, the, like I said, the only part that bothered me was the watered down bardic inspiration, yeah. but. I, you know, when you think about it and you're adding bless on top of that, that can actually be pretty decent. But I think they could have did something a little different. What? I'm not sure, but that watered-down bardic inspiration is what bothers me. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's good. I definitely uh, I definitely think it has its has its place. It does. Um, I think it depends on the campaign setting and the scenario you're running. I think it also depends on the person playing this class. This too. is true. Yeah. That's, you if, know, if you have someone point. that really gets behind it, yeah, that could be a really fun class to play. Or a very boring class. Well, I say it depends on who plays yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and what kind person. of campaign. You're absolutely yeah. right about yeah. that. You know, that's something that, you know, again, go back to a session zero. That's really important because then you know whether or not it's uh, it's a class that's that's going to work for, for that. Because if it's not, you know, if you're doing a uh, a knockdown, drag out kind of slobber knocker, uh, blood and gore sort of campaign, then the peace domain may not. Yeah, there's nothing peaceful about. Yeah, it may that. not may not work. But if 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 you're doing something maybe with some courtly intrigue or even, you know, even a dungeon crawl, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be bad or 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 you know. Yeah, well, you you know, there's going to be combat. So it, uh, even if it's but small scale, it's large yeah. scale stuff that this particular subclass is not going to work very well in but small there's always going to be a skirmish you got it what's the sense of having this extra healing if you're not going to actually heal you're a cleric yeah you're there to heal the combatants so there's going to be combat i i really think that it would be it would be awesome to play the the order domain and the peace domain as twins oh that's a cool idea that's a very good idea you know and and you know two kind of very opposed philosophies on things and they were you know twin brothers or a brother and sister or twin sisters or whatever have you but they're kind of like the yin and yang you know one's one's ready to get in there and, and bust some heads and the other one's oh you know let's talk about this first before we do that perhaps we can arrive at a mutual <laughs> must you must you always hit something first and ask questions later? yeah i think that could be really fun it, it would be hugely fun in the hands of 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 two it, players that can work off of each other yes. well enough you know that would be really fun. All right. Twilight Domain. I like this one, too. The Twilight 
Transition from light into darkness often brings calm and even joy as the day's labors end and the hours of rest begin. The darkness can also bring terrors, but the gods of twilight guard against the horrors of the night. Clerics who serve these deities bring comfort to those who seek rest and protect them by venturing into the encroaching darkness to ensure that the dark is a comfort, not a terror. There's... There's so much cool shit you can do <laughs> with this with this class. I mean, as far as um, it reminds me a little bit um, thematically, not in powers or abilities, but it reminds me. Did you ever read the Cloak and Dagger comic book? Yes, a long time ago. Yep, like the cloak. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. they had a TV series on them too. They, on, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's on the um, it's on Hulu. Or last is it, it was. Is it still going? Uh, it's not. I think they're going to bring it back because uh, I believe I. I think they said who's going to be playing the darker side of the Marvel sort of miniseries movies. So, well, that'd be cool. It would be. It was actually a pretty good series, but yes, this would be Cloak. Yeah, it just it kind of smacks at that. So you get some domain spells mm-hmm. again. So uh, you get a Fairy Fire and Sleep, Moonbeam, and Sea Invisibility, Aura of Vitality, Leoman's Tiny Hut, Aura of Life, Greater Invisibility, Circle of Power, and Mislead. I think you could do a wonderful campaign, kind of like, do you remember, there's only going to be a handful of people that remember this. Um, <laughs> do you remember Kolchak, the Night Stalker? With oh, gee, Dar- yeah. Darren McGavin. Was it Darren McGavin? It was Darren McGavin, yeah. And he was he was a, uh, he was a journalist. Only people like 50 and over are going to know this. <laughs> Everyone else is going to be Googling, Googling like crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was a reporter, and he'd investigate all these bizarre circuits. He's like the, uh, the Night Stalker was like the uh, X-Files dad. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, you know, he investigated werewolves and vampires and, and, and stuff like that. More granddad, but. Yeah, more, <laughs> yeah, more granddad. <laughs> but I think this, this Twilight domain kind of falls into that sort of, sort of theme. Um, oh, yeah, very much. You know, and and uh, oh, I got some I got some ideas for for this. Of you, course, you do. You get some bonus proficiencies. <laughs> you know, you get proficiency with martial weapons and heavy armor, which is pretty cool. I like this next one, but I'm going to let you do it, Bill. Eyes of night. Um, you can see through the deepest gloom. You have dark vision out to a range of 300 feet. In that radius, you can see dim light as if it were bright light, and in darkness as if it was dim light. As an action, you can magically share the dark vision of this feature with a willing creature you can see within 10 feet of you, up to the number of creatures equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum one. The shared darkness lasts for one hour. Once you share it, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest unless you expend a spell slot of any level to share it again. I just I just see that kind of ability going on you know i'm turning on my dark vision ability and in the eyes just starting to glow like a pale white or pale yellow like cinematically it'd be awesome because you got your your team of like night stalkers you know and they're out there and uh whoever it is whatever characters the twilight domain cleric shares this ability with them so all these like pale yellow eyes start (laughs) popping up in the darkness you know, and they walk out the alley and they're ready to get down to business and and, and do whatever it is they need to do to keep whatever city it is uh, I, safe. I, I'm quickly seeing this particular domain um, under hire by the Rogues Guild 
Yeah, I could see that. I could too. see it's very much so being hired by the Rogues. Hey, hey, Rogues got you know work to do, and they get hurt too. Yep. Uh, depending on the alignment of your particular cleric, this might be something to look at when you know you're dealing with uh, people who do, do business in the darkness of night. I would pair this up maybe with a Horizon Walker Ranger. There you like go, Gloomstalker. Gloomstalker. Gloom yeah, yeah Gloomstalker definitely, and. Uh, Maybe a paladin of some type, like, I don't want to go as far as, say, Oathbreaker, because I think that wouldn't necessarily fit too well, but no. I could I could see this being part of a team that works in a city that uh, has, a, has a supernatural problem, you know, and gets, gets hired to uh, kind of work the, the, the midnight, midnight to eight shift. <laughs> You know, taking out all the taking out the shadows and the ghouls. I was about to say, ref, reference our Halloween episode yeah. on shadows. Yep. <laughs> this is how you keep your t- entire town I, from going I think, south. I think that would be really fun for like a uh, Halloween themed uh, adventure. You know, to oh, run yeah. through October or whatever have you. Um, just like the Night Watch type thing. I know we haven't talked about it yet, but I think this would also sit well with the the Phantom Rogue. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him. You know, yeah, in, this in is a few uh, episodes later, but he would. I think this class would fit well with that. Well, I got another campaign cooking up now. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a live play. Oh, jeez! Keep it to the first level theme. Uh, vigilant blessing. The night has taught you to be vigilant. As an action, you give one creature you touch, including possibly yourself, advantage on the next initiative roll the creature makes. This benefit ends immediately after the roll or if you use this feature again. So an advantage on initiative could be very, very helpful, especially when things are jumping out at you and surprising you in the dark. Yeah, especially if you're you're hunting like supernatural beings. And there's no um, prereqs to where you need to take a long rest to use again. So next time you got to roll advantage, if it's in the same day, you get to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Second level. Second level is your Twilight Sanctuary. That's your channel divinity. You can use your channel divinity to refresh your allies with soothing twilight. As an action, you present your holy symbol and a sphere of twilight emanates from you. The sphere is centered on you, has a 30-foot radius, and is filled with dim light. The sphere moves with you, and it lasts for one minute or until you are incapacitated or die. Whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn in the sphere, you can grant that creature one of these benefits. Uh, temporary hit points equal to 1d6 plus your cleric level. That's nice. Wow. You end one effect on it, causing it to be charmed or frightened. That's worded weird. That is worded weird. You end one effect on it. Is it supposed to be curing it? No, I don't know. Causing it to be charmed or frightened. That one I had to read again and again and again. And to be honest with you, I still don't know what it is. If anybody has an interpretation on this, head over to our Facebook page. I'm dying to hear what you guys think. Yeah, I'd like to know because the way I t- the way I take it is if there's an an enemy in the area, that it would be yeah that trying to frighten. That's the only way that makes sense. Yeah, you kind of run up with your glowing three by three personal space sphere around you, and you 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 ha- I don't know, touch it with your twilight, and yeah, but you end one effect on it. Yeah, that's that's a little confusing. We need to get Jerry Jeremy Crawford in here to. Yes, Jeremy Crawford, if you're listening, with Robert Pattinson, Mark Hamill, <laughs> you guys call us and let us know. 
We'd like a, a slight interpretation of that, if you don't mind. Yeah. I, I want Mark Hamill to deliver that in his Joker voice, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sixth level, Steps of Night. You can draw on the mystical powers of the night to rise into the air. As a bonus action, when you are in dim light or darkness, you can magically give yourself a flying speed equal to your walking speed for one minute. You can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Anytime something is floating in the dark with glowing eyes. And <laughs> you got to have billowy robes like, yeah, like, billowy, the, yes. like the person in the picture here. Yep. I just, I, I see this, I think you could have a blast with a Harry Dresden style of oh yeah of of campaign you know with with this <laughs> class and a couple others that fit with it nicely i think you can have an absolute blast i you can even you know plug it into a modern setting and still have a super good time oh yeah it. go x files with it yeah. yeah divine strike at eighth level you gain the ability to infuse your weapon strikes with divine energy once on each of your turns, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal an extra 1d8 radiant damage. When you reach 14th level, the extra damage increases to 2d8. Divine Strike's got to be just that, a Divine Strike. Yeah. 17th level, Twilight Shroud. The Twilight that you summon offers a protective embrace. You and your allies have half cover while in the sphere created by your Twilight Sanctuary. Hide in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, that there could be a lot of fun being had with the you know, the the night watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would be a blast to play uh every year around like yeah, late Halloween. September and yeah. throughout October. I think it'd be a I think it'd be a really good time. What are your thoughts, Lou? Start writing. If you're running this, it. Out of all the clerics, even out of the clerics, I think this is probably one of the weaker of the clerics. It's you know, all its abilities are really meh. If you want to say it, I mean, a lot of them you can't use unless it's, you know, getting dark. So, how I many? How I many? Yeah. How often did our groups travel at night? Not too often. I would have to build a campaign directly around that kind of theme. This is a very niche class. It, it is yes. or a subclass, I should say. It could be. Yeah. It could be fun. It could. I'm not taking that away from, but I think it's probably one of the weaker clerics. Yeah, I. I don't think yeah. it's. 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 Uh, it's interchangeable enough. Like you said, I think it depends on your campaign. So you need to really discuss that at session zero because I could see somebody having high expectations and then realizing eh, being let down and yeah. being let down this, and getting bored. This would still work as a dungeon crawl for the most part. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't say that you have to bathe in moonlight. No, or you're like right. That. It's basically dark, right? And in varying shades of dark. Out of let's say the what the last twelve years that we gamed, how many of those were actually for long periods of dungeon crawls? Not too many of them. No. So this is it's, it's a very niche subclass. I mean, it still could be enjoyable, but you have to make sure that that campaign is the right campaign. Right. Overall, what do you think of these these uh, these domains? They're different. They add more versatility to the already large uh, group of um, cl- clerics that are out there. So I I think that's a good good add. Uh, I, they just all have their place. Yeah, they do, and yeah. I, I think it adds adds. Um, a lot of a lot of flavor, but you're absolutely right about about the place. I think you really have to have some discussions with your your DM to see whether or not this this fits. And the DM should have those discussions with people if they're planning on playing this as well. Yeah, right. You know, this is the setting that we're going to be in. This is the campaign setting. This is the 
Well, I mean, you know, it, we're not going to be spending a lot of time in the dungeons. We're not right. going to be spending a lot of time at night. You're the only one that's functioning at night, well, at least with this particular one. Right. Let's, but it might be also, you know, you're very, like you mentioned earlier, with your, you know, peace domain, it's it's a lot of courtly intrigue. Is your cleric of order going to fit well in that? So, yeah, I can see them niche, but I do like where they've gone with all of them. Yes. I think out of the subclasses, yes, they may be a little niche Yeah. but... It gives you that that place to go that didn't exist before. And if somebody really wants to play something like this, you know, I'm playing a darker side or the twilight side. This gives them that chance. Yes, you know, along with some yeah okay abilities. And, and you know, having that conversation with your players is is so important in their satisfaction at the table. And if you have a player that really wants to play this, you know, is like ah, oh, you know, DM, I really wanted to to play this. It's okay for you to say, you know, what it doesn't fit in this campaign that I have set aside. But if you really want to play this, I'll build a, a small campaign for us to try around Halloween or whatever, that this will fit in nicely and you'll have your opportunity to, to, to play that. And, you know, kind of meet a middle of the rope because that's important too. Or, or even play, even if you're having a campaign, you can build a one shot into your campaign and just play test the character to see, or the class yeah. to see how it works. And if, and if it does work, then while you're writing your campaign, yep. if you want to give everyone their shot. You want everyone to have a, a moment to shine. So every couple of weeks, build something around this character and let it run for a week or two. And then the week after that, it'll be someone else. And the week after that, it'll be someone else. It'll come back around eventually. It, yeah, it will yeah. Be come back around. In the meantime, all right, you become a support character. It's still a cleric. It is. It's still a cleric. You still have all the cleric abilities. These are just a couple different ways to, to flavor it up. And I think that's that work going to work pretty well. And that's our look at the cleric class and the three subclasses. See you next week in the dojo when we talk about the druid. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.